Welcome to Weight Loss And, where we delve into the world of weight loss. I'm Jim Hill. And I'm Holly Wyatt. We're both dedicated to helping you lose weight, keep it off, and living your best life while you're doing it. Indeed, we now realize successful weight loss combines the science and art of medicine, knowing what to do and why you will do it. Yes, the and allows us to talk about all the other stuff that makes your journey so much bigger, better, and exciting. Ready for the and factor? Let's dive in. Here we go. Well, welcome to another episode of Weight Loss and... Holly, today we're going to talk about metabolism. Metabolism. Wow. What does that mean? That's, that's, a, that's a loaded word, but everybody wants to talk about metabolism. That's a common thing. I know. A lot of people come in and they're convinced their metabolism is broken, and that's why they've gained weight. So we're going to dive into that today. And metabolism is a complicated issue. We're going to try to break it down and make it simple and sort of give you some practical information about your metabolism. So why do people care about this, Holly? Well, because I think they think that they struggle with their weight loss. And one of the things they've been told and they think about is it they blame it on their metabolism or there's something wrong with their metabolism and they want to fix it. So I think that's why they're interested in the subject. It, it could be a reason why they struggle with weight gain or can't lose weight. And, you know, a lot of people have talked about it. It's my metabolism. So they're, they're very interested in it. So let's dive in. When we talk about metabolism, your body's metabolism is really the result of all the chemical reactions in your body, okay? You take in energy in the form of food, and you expend energy through all the body's processes, right? If you're gaining weight, you're taking in more energy than you're expending. If you're losing weight, you're expending more energy than you're taking in. And if you're not eating a lot, then maybe you have a low metabolism. So let's look at what science tells us. If you're at rest, you're not eating and you're not exercising, that's called your resting metabolic rate. That's sort of the amount of energy your body uses in a resting state, right? Yeah. I usually, I like to describe it as if you're like laying in a bed, you're not asleep, but you're not moving a muscle. You know, you're not you're not doing anything but being completely still. Your resting metabolic rate is the amount of calories it takes just to keep your body alive, to keep your heart pumping, your kidneys going, your muscles alive. It's just like the bare bones. That's how much, you know, energy it takes to keep your body alive. So one of the questions that a lot of scientists have asked over the years is does a low resting metabolic rate really cause weight gain. And in many, many, many studies, what we find is your resting metabolic rate, the number of calories you're burning at rest, is most related to your body size and body composition. So if I measure your body composition, how much muscle, how much lean mass you have, I can very accurately predict your resting metabolic rate. And in fact, people who are overweight, Holly, have a higher, not a lower resting metabolic rate. Now, there's some variation. So there's normal variation. But in general, your resting metabolic rate is very much tied to your body size. Right. That's one of the myths that's out there. I think people think if they are overweight, then their metabolism is low. And actually, we find the opposite. The more muscle you have, the more fat you have, the bigger, the more you weigh, 
the higher your resting metabolic rate, not the lower. It's opposite, I think, what most people think. Um, as you gain weight, your RMR, your resting metabolic rate, actually goes up, not down. And when you lose weight, your resting metabolic rate goes down. Now, that's another topic that we're going to take on is how your metabolism changes with weight loss. But for today, we're, we're looking at is a broken metabolism really a cause of weight gain? So it looks like RMR is not a, a major player here. There are other aspects. When you eat a meal or you consume food, it takes some energy to sort of process that food. It's generally 8 to 10% of the energy in your meal. And what we've seen over again, over many, many studies is doesn't seem to be big differences there in people. That's called the thermic effect of food. And again, it doesn't look like a low thermic effect of food is the cause of weight gain or a major cause of weight gain. The final one, Holly, is physical activity. This is the most interesting one because depending on how much physical activity you do, that can be a very low part of your daily energy expenditure or a very high part. So it's the most variable form of energy expenditure. Right. And so it's the, it's, it's the one you have the most control over really in that you can decide how much you're going to move and that can have a big impact on how many calories you burn or your total metabolic rate. I think one thing to just make clear here, metabolism, we're talking about in terms of energy metabolism. And like you've talked about, some people talk about carbohydrate metabolism or protein metabolism. There's so much out there. But when we really think about body weight and weight loss and weight gain, we think about it in terms of energy, in terms of calories, and definitely physical activity. How much you move your body is what you control the most. The rest of that, the other piece, the RMR and the thermic effect of food, that's kind of set. You don't have as much control over that. So if we look at total energy expenditure, we can look at resting metabolic rate, thermic effect of food, and the energy expended in physical activity. And of those three, it's the energy expended in physical activity that's the most variable. The other two are pretty much set by your body size. So is your metabolism broken? Um, in terms of a low energy expenditure, I think we can conclude not really. Yeah, there's some variability. And that's what I think people would argue. Well, you know, we can predict your resting metabolic rate based on your body composition, how much muscle, how much fat, and we can predict it. But there is still a little bit of variability. And it's possible, right, that you're in the low end. Here's the normal range and you're in the low end. And does that predict weight gain? And there's been studies that looked at that saying, if I'm on the low end of what you would think I should be, not abnormal, but low end, does that predict that I am going to gain weight in the future? And I think those studies have been done and it is not a good predictor. We thought it would be. I think a lot of people said, yeah, if you're in that low end, it should make a difference, but it doesn't. And I don't know exactly why, except there must, must be other things. I always think there's other things that may be more important that kind of blunt that effect. Because you would think if you're burning less calories because you're in that low end of normal, then that might set you up to, you know, gain more weight. What do you think about that? Well, I agree. I think that despite people believing that they eat very little food, and yet they're overweight. When we actually study people very carefully, we find that that's not the case. We've not been able to find any of these people that say, I eat almost nothing and I'm overweight. In fact, 
If you're overweight, your energy expenditure is higher. And to maintain that state, you have to be eating more. And part of the problem with food intake is it's very, very difficult to really know how many calories you're taking in. People get it wrong. You know, you feel like I'm not eating very much, but when we actually study people, we don't find that. So I would say that that in terms of a low energy expenditure, it's not really a cause of weight gain in the majority of people. You know, and I tell people, I, I tell my patients that this is a good thing. You know, they come to me because they almost want there to be something wrong with their metabolism because they're struggling. And if they can figure out what it is, can I, can I fix it? And actually they come, can, you know, do I have, is my metabolism broken and can you fix it is usually the, the follow-up question to that. And the good news is we don't need to fix it. It's not broken in this sense, at least. And so this is really a good thing because you wouldn't, wouldn't want that to be the case if you couldn't do much about it. So this to me is a good thing, not a bad thing, that you're not set up, you know, that you can overpower it. Even if you have a low normal resting metabolic rate, it does not dictate that you're absolutely going to gain weight or that you can't lose weight. It doesn't seem to be a great predictor of that. So what do you tell people that come in and, and they're convinced, Holly, I just know I don't eat very much. It has to be my metabolism. Yeah, you know, and I first off say, you know, when they say that to me, I'm not going to necessarily say you're wrong because they are not in the right frame of mind. They want, they're struggling, right? They want me to listen to them. And and I do think they are struggling and there are other aspects of their metabolism that may be having an effect. I'm going to check things and make sure that their thyroid is normal, usually not the problem, but I am going to, you know, look at all that. And we're going to, we're going to start talking about it, but it's really not about the resting metabolic rate. However, there are other things that we can talk about. So we really start opening that dialogue to me when someone says my metabolism's broken or I don't eat a lot. It really is a sign that they're trying really, really hard. And we know that certain people do struggle more. It's just not that resting metabolic rate piece that I think is the big player. I see, Holly, out there in the advertising world, a lot of products that claim to boost your metabolism. Uh, even though your metabolism isn't broken, is it possible to actually boost it up? Can we make our metabolism higher, which would be a good thing in terms of managing weight? So there's lots of supplements that talk about boosting metabolism or fat burners when you really look at those in the studies, if they have an effect, there's a few things that may have a little bit of an effect. I know there's some caffeine and green tea and some cayenne pepper. There's some small studies that show small increases, but not big ones, not big, not really. Uh, that, you know, I'm not saying it doesn't have any effect, but I don't think it has a, a significant effect. I think there's other things you can do that have a much, much larger effect. And like I said, the studies really don't support big increases at all in terms of energy metabolism. And if in the past, when we've had some medications that have done that, or if you were on thyroid hormone at too high a level, it could do that. And it's actually dangerous. It actually has side effects that occur when you boost that metabolism up you know, there are drugs that increase your metabolism, but they have terrible effects on the rest of your body that we, therefore, we don't, we don't use them. So the stuff that's available as the supplements, in my opinion, just don't have a lot of strong data that they're doing very much. If anything, it's a small, small amount. Holly, but there is one thing that people can do to increase their energy expenditure or their metabolism. And as you know, this is one of my favorite topics to talk about, and that's 
physical activity. Right. Moving. You can control that and you can increase the total number of calories you burn way more than any supplement. Uh, And there's so many other positive things. But for some reason, that does not seem to be the thing people want to talk about the most. But you're right. It can have the biggest effect on your energy metabolism and I think your body state. So again, looking at our components of energy expenditure, resting metabolic rate and thermic effect of food are pretty much set by your body size. Physical activity isn't. And in in that sense, it's the most variable part of energy expenditure. And if you're one of these people who you never get off the couch, you're very, very inactive, then your energy expenditure as is at the low end, which means you can't eat very much food or you're going to gain weight. If your physical activity at the high end, and I love some of the studies that are are done in elite athletes, and I know that not everybody can be an elite athlete, but these people that are very, very active, they can pretty much eat anything they want without gaining weight. So if you think about it, increasing your level of physical activity at one level means you can eat more without gaining weight. Right. So it's, it is that spectrum. And I think we've, as a society, we've moved way down to this kind of low metabolism because we're not moving, not because our resting metabolic rate's low, but because we're not moving and maybe things don't work right. And so, you know, when I started, I studied resting metabolic rate. Remember that was my, one of my very first studies, Jim, I measured resting metabolic rate in people who had never lost weight. And I measured in people who had lost weight. And so I, this was one of my favorite topics. And didn't find much there. And therefore I always said, no, your metabolism's not broken. It's appropriate. But now when we get to this physical activity piece, what do you think about, could the metabolism be broken when we think about how much movement they're doing? Yeah, I think this is really something that's very important. Uh, You know, so much focus is on food intake, Holly, in obesity, and and clearly food intake plays a role. But we as a society have become so sedentary, and I think our bodies are meant to move, and I think they work best when we're moving. And so I think that inactivity feeds back on your metabolism in many ways. Number one, it makes your total energy expenditure lower. But as we're studying this, we find so many other things that physical activity can do. Actually, interesting enough, it helps regulate your appetite a little bit more. It may increase your ability to actually burn the fuels that come in rather than store them. And and we're going to hit physical activity over and over and over. But the reason is I'm convinced that for most people, there are exceptions to everything, but for most people, increasing physical activity is essential if you want to maintain a a normal, healthy body weight. Yeah, I totally agree. And to me, that's the broken part, right? You know, that we should be focusing on is this And it's not just about burning more calories. I think when I I talk to people, they're like, okay, yeah, so I can go out for a walk and I'm going to burn 300 calories, but big deal, Holly. I'm like, yes, you're going to burn 300 calories and that's, that's good. And we think it does more than just that, right? It does, it's not just about the calories you burn. It's also, I think, helping your metabolism adjust to what you do eat. And like you talked about, perhaps helping the hormones even that control appetite so that you tend to balance, meaning how many calories you're eating tends to balance how many calories you're burning and you don't gain weight, right? You're not in that positive energy balance. So to me, it's not just about the calories, but there's so much more 
to unpack with this that to me it's like the most powerful piece when we look at metabolism. Yes, and 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 I know it's difficult if you haven't exercised perhaps for years and years and years. It's tough to get started. And one of the things that we know is is if you're sedentary and you start exercising, it doesn't feel good right away. You you need to work through it a little bit. And you we're we're big fans of starting slowly. And people always ask me, what's the best way to start exercising? And overall, I think one of the very best ways is to start walking more. I agree with that. And, you know, we don't know how much physical activity it really takes to get you in this better uh, metabolic state that we're talking about it. And Jim, I want us to start talking about the the term metabolic flexibility because it is a term oh, yeah. I want our listeners to it's understand. Yeah. I mean, I know it's in the science world, but I think our listeners can can grasp this. And I really want them to start thinking about how flexible is my metabolism? What is my metabolic flexibility? How do you describe metabolic flexibility? So that's very different than energy expenditure. We're sort of going in a different direction here. So during the day to eat food, you eat a combination of protein, fat, and carbohydrate, right? So your metabolism, the fuels you burn are constantly changing. So the longer you go between meals, the more your body burns fat and not carbohydrate. Once you start eating food, that body switches and starts burning carbohydrate and decreasing fat burning. So during the day, your body is constantly switching between the kinds of fuels it uses. And the concept of metabolic flexibility is someone who's highly metabolically flexible is better able to switch quickly to those fuels than someone that isn't. And what we think is that over time, that slowness in switching can contribute to weight gain. It's a little bit, Holly, one of the sort of analogies is a thermostat. If you have a really good thermostat, boom, you crank it up, the temperature comes up really quickly. Another one, you crank it up, it may take, gets there, but it may take a while. And this slowness in changing between fuel sources over time might contribute to contributing to a little more positive energy balance. And one of the things we know is the best way to increase metabolic flexibility is physical activity. Yeah. I love the term metabolic flexibility because I can envision it. You know, it's like yeah, it, you're flexible. So you eat a little bit more dessert, uh, your your body can handle it. It's not that you lose weight or it's, or it's it, that you just stay the same, that you balance, that you're flexible. You take in and you deal with the calories that come in, whether they're carbohydrate or protein or fat or whatever, and then the calories from an energy standpoint. And to me, it's like, how flexible are you? I would love for us to be focused not on what's your resting metabolic rate, because to me, that's set. I would love to instead my patients be focused on what's my metabolic flexibility? How flexible am I? And in State of Slim, we actually have a, a number. We, we work on it. Are you 20% flexible, 30% flexible, 40% flexible, which means how many additional calories can you take in and your body burn without gaining weight or regaining weight? To me, that concept, and people want to talk about a broken broken metabolism, to me, a broken metabolism is an inflexible or tight, fixed metabolism that can't adjust to when you want to go out and have a piece of birthday cake, you know? You want to go out and have some pizza. It's a different way of thinking about metabolism. And so on metabolic flexibility, you might not see it all the time. What you have is a metabolism 
it's ready to go. If excess comes in or if changes come, your metabolism, it's it's like a car that's already revved up and ready to, ready go. to go. And if you're metabolically inflexible, you have to start it and get going and it takes longer. So you don't respond to that those excess calories quite the same way. And the idea is you don't respond and you may tend to store them. So gain yes. weight or regain weight. And so you store them and that's it. But but to me, this is the sexy part of metabolism because this is the exciting part of metabolism. And it's what you can do with movement and we can all control that. So I would much rather have my patients come in and say, you know what? You're not, your metabolism may not be very flexible. You tend to gain weight easily or you tend to regain weight easily. And that's what they're saying. Let's work on getting your metabolism flexible. That to me is the exciting piece. One of the things I think we know is that if you lose weight, that can help your metabolic flexibility a little bit. But the way you really boost it is by increasing your physical activity. Oh, yeah. I even think sometimes weight loss may make it worse. I think you got to be careful. You know, really, to me, metabolic flexibility is not about weight loss. It's about preventing weight gain and preventing weight regain and getting in that balancing. The calories coming in and the macronutrients coming in are balancing what I'm burning. And my body is helping me do that. That's giving me that extra piece. And so being more physically active allows my body to do that more. And I think some of us do it more better than others. I think people who don't struggle with their weight, I think they're very flexible and they may be flexible, have a metabolism that's flexible without doing a lot of exercise. So there's a genetic component to all this, everything. And if you're, if you're genetically fortunate, you probably are metabolic flex, you have high flexibility without working for it. But most of us actually have to work for it. I have to work for it. Yes. I am. And I was born inflexible. I decided so, but the good news is I can work on that. That's what I love about this. And so, um, personally, what's your physical activity plan, Holly? How do how do you incorporate physical activity? So I know how much activity I need. I've done this for so long. I really know how much physical activity I typically need to be able to be flexible and to eat, you know, extra calories to go out and have that pizza and you know whatever I want. not whatever I want to have extra calories and take care of it. So for me, it is about an hour worth of movement a day added to a pretty active lifestyle. So I need that. And I can get up to about in my, my, um, about a 40% flexibility range. And what I mean by that is that I can eat about 40% of my meals kind of off plan. And then 60% of my meals are pretty controlled, but 40% of my meals, not, you know, not controlled. That's pretty or, good. That's great for me. Oh my God. And so one of the things that is important about what you said is you do planned activity, but you also look at being more active during your day. Okay. Putting physical activity here, walking a little bit more, getting up and moving around. So there's both planned activity and there's activity of daily living. And I think it's important to try to increase both, but don't start. If you haven't exercised, don't start in an hour a day. Takes a while. Start by just walking a little bit more. You know, everybody, your phone measures your walking. You can get a pedometer, all kinds of However, however uh, tech savvy you are, you can get devices that measure your walking and just start walking a little bit more each day and work your way up. Yeah. And they, we, there are studies that show that just going from sedentary to a little bit of activity 
has a big bang for your buck. And I do think that allows more of that flexibility. And so you don't necessarily have to push it up as high as I do, but just to get started, I think can be helpful. And it's the message I want people to understand is I think it's more helpful than just the calories you burn. Because sometimes they look and say, oh my gosh, if I'm just going to walk for 15 minutes or I'm going to do something really, you know, 2000 steps today, the amount of calories that burn is so small. I'm like, oh, it's not just about the calories. And it's another myth that if you exercise more, you just eat more. In fact, that isn't the case. And in fact, if you exercise more, you actually regulate your appetite. So it's better matched to your energy expenditure. Right. That's that metabolic flexibility. We'll talk some more about physical activity, but uh, even when we talk about weight loss and keeping weight off, it's going to be even more important to be physically active. So the take-home message is if you're not active, you really need to start. And again, when it comes to physical activity, more is better. So if you're doing nothing, doing a little bit is better. Doing a lot is better still. But being sedentary, I think, is one of the greatest risks for weight gain that we know of. Absolutely. And if you are one of those people who believes their metabolism is broken, I think you could be correct. And the way you can fix it, and this is the good part, the way you can fix it is to start moving more and you can do it slowly and ramp up. That can fix what I think people think about when they say, you know, I have a broken metabolism. Wow. So some good stuff here in this episode. But the the message is, if you think about the number of calories you expend, your basic metabolism isn't broken. It's determined by your body size. The the more you weigh, the higher your resting metabolic rate is. But the variable piece is physical activity. It burns calories, but that may not be the most important thing. It may increase your body's ability to adjust to changes in food intake. Absolutely. All right, Jim, I think we we covered it a lot. Oh, that was a tough one. It's hard to explain metabolism, but it's very important that people understand this, that you can't blame your problem solely on metabolism, but there are things you can do to have your metabolism really ready to go out in the real world and deal with your food intake and your eating patterns. Yeah. And it may be certain people's, we're not saying that physiology isn't involved. We're just saying it's a little, think of it a little bit differently. It may be that you do have a metabolism or physiology that's going to require a little bit more activity, but the good news is you control that. Okay. Well, thanks for tuning in to this episode. I hope you learned a little bit about metabolism and uh, we will see you next time. Thanks everybody. See you soon guys. Bye. And that's a wrap for today's episode of Weight Loss And. We hope you enjoy diving into the world of weight loss with us. If you want to stay connected and continue exploring the ands of weight loss, be sure to follow our podcast on your favorite platform. We'd also love to hear from you. Share your thoughts, questions, or topic suggestions by reaching out at weightlossand.com. Your feedback helps us tailor future episodes to your needs. And remember... The journey doesn't end here. Keep applying the knowledge and strategies you've learned and embrace the power of the and in your own weight loss journey.